Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 53. Yeah, but episode number one of these new fancy podcast microphones we got. (laughs) We have upped the budget for the podcast big time with these. I don't know if this sounds tremendous to our regular listeners. They must be saying, oh my God. Dave's voice could be better. <laughs> Dave's golden voice that's, <laughs> that even his third grade teacher recognized as pure gold? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Because I'm going to miss that deep voice. Right. My voice changed when I was in, apparently well, in third grade. I, I couldn't figure out which of the two microphones, because it's not like we have one dedicated microphone for each of us and, you know, oh, we use that one. It's just two microphones that I hook up, and one of us was always getting a bad microphone. And it sounded kind of like we had a cold or something. <laughs> right. You know, it sounded weird. So or we had throat surgery. Right. <laughs> or when, like, when you have that special throat, unfortunately, of people who get uh, that yeah. in their larynx, and then you have to use a special device to talk. Right. So we figured we'd go big time and just order a new microphone. So hopefully it sounds good. I practiced with it a little bit. Sounded good. We spare no expense for this podcast. Right. Um, Including our research department coming up with great topics to talk about today. (laughs) Right. Um, It's pretty good at the research department. We haven't done one in three weeks, yet they still come up with a couple topics to be able to crank it out. The research department's a little bit last minute, but they do come up with good stuff. And uh, what the research department, Dave and I, came up with today, uh, first you want to talk a little bit about long-term care. Yeah. And then I want to talk about my golf lessons. Right. So So let's start with long-term care. We'll start with long-term care, only because it's like I always know that a lot of people listening to this already have long-term care insurance. I know that because of our listening audience, but I always tell you to tell other people who don't or who might be interested, when you hear these little tidbits about long-term care, you can just sort of pass it on, and maybe some of you don't have it. But I always say now is the time to get long-term care insurance unless you already got it, and then was the time to get it. But this story just proves it even more. The guy, What's the guy's name? Nobel Prize winner Kochi Tanaka. Sounds Japanese, I believe. Yeah. So he... Says, go ahead. I, I know the story. Okay. Well, I was just going to read the, the kind of headline here, um, sub-headline. Nobel Prize winner Kochi Tanaka says... The predictive blood test for Alzheimer's disease that he and his colleagues spent almost a a decade developing is a double-edged sword. 
Yeah, so, and if you're involved, you know, my mother-in-law, as many of you know, my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's. She passed away in December, six years, and we were being in that Alzheimer's community for so long. My wife and I were very aware of this blood test that you could take. And this is a story about that. Now, I've heard you mention it before. Of having Alzheimer's or dementia. And the first thing doing my job, the first thing that came to my mind is, ah, you better get your long-term care insurance first before you take this blood test. So just in case you don't know, long-term care insurance is the opposite of the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> so in health insurance, you get automatically. Right. The Affordable Care Act says no matter what your condition is, you get it automatically. The opposite of that is private insurance. Something like long-term care where they're allowed to discriminate is the is the phrase that's used. They could they either gonna take you or they're not based on their underwriting standards. And any long-term care insurance company, whether it's the traditional policies or the new hybrid that combine life insurance and long-term care, they are going to look at your medical records and make a decision based on those records. If you've taken a blood test, and many people want to take this, it's one couple, um, it was actually brother and sister whose mother was there when my mother-in-law was there it was a couple of years ago they did that blood test and they found out that they were the sister wasn't the brother was hmm. tested positive for this thing so when you go you take this blood test and then it says you might get you know you might be positive for dementia or alzheimer's in the future then the, you're applying for long-term care insurance and they see that, you're not getting a policy. Right. They're going to say, we're not giving you one because you are a much bigger risk than the average risk. And the average risk is high for Alzheimer's uh, or dementia. If you make it to 80, everyone who's made it to 80 has a 50-50 shot. They already have or will have Alzheimer's or dementia. So when you take that test and the odds are no, no long-term care insurance company in their right mind is going to give you a policy, which is comes back to the notion as medical science is getting better and better with these blood tests getting better and better at not only taking care of things or keeping you alive longer argument one for long-term care insurance but being predictive about things mm -hmm. argument two for getting long-term care insurance now oh i might get x oh you're not getting insurance for it right should have done that before you might get whatever's going to happen to you well i mean those are the claims that these insurance companies are really terrified of are, are the dementia and alzheimer's claims because those are the people who their body is still healthy ish and they're still alive and well but that lingers for years and years so i, I would be shocked if we didn't see you know obviously the landscape of long-term care insurance is changing but if we didn't see this test incorporated into underwriting in the next you know however many years yeah i mean if they can predict that and eliminate that risk the insurance companies will be salivating to do that but let's go backward in the landscape quickly and then we'll move off this topic when i started doing this 20 years ago started just in long-term care insurance there are like 20 30 companies all these top insurance companies you've heard of yeah that did the traditional long-term care policies i did my first seminar saying if you don't i didn't say this but in the in the presentation factual presentation way i basically said if you don't get this now you're an idiot <laughs> i've always Hopefully made the argument <laughs> i've always made the argument to get long-term care insurance if you fall in that category of assets to protect etc cetera, etc cetera. now we're just at a point where it's i almost want to say now or never you have a traditional choice left really one really good company that's affordable mutual of omaha um and a couple others in the traditional space and you have granted a lot of policies in the hybrid 
But the hybrid scenario is a more expensive scenario for many people. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong for many people, but within all of this, now is, and with all the stuff we just talked about medically, now is the time to get long term. It's not, should I, should I wait? No, it, that, that's just right. shockingly moronic. If you are between the, the, the prime time of buying it, between the ages of 45 and 65, healthy enough, assets, net worth over $200,000, now is the time to look into this and do it. And you could tell people, Dave said that. They'll say, who's Dave? You'll say, <laughs> write this down. The Nostradamus of long-term care insurance. Because <laughs> I'm always right about my predictions. It's a very niche prediction industry, <laughs> but it's it's very accurate. So, all right, let's shift gears a little bit um, and talk about something else that you're actually pretty very knowledgeable in, which is golf. And now we're not going to not as here. much as long-term care insurance, but yes, I, I study the golf swing. Yeah, and uh, we're not going to sit here and break down the golf swing. But I started going to a, uh, a golf instructor taking lessons, and I've gone to this guy before, but um, you know, I'm just struggling to get through a few issues with my game, and I've been playing, what, what have I been playing, like eight years now, I mean, yeah. you know, pretty regularly, and I just can't get past certain things. So I've gone to this golf instructor, um, and like I said, I've been to him before, but I was a little surprised at the approach that this guy takes now with people and he's talking to me and he's saying listen this is what I used to do I used to work with people and they would come every single week and they would take a lesson and then they would go play on the weekend and they would come back the next week and they would take another lesson and they would never practice right and they would never get any better because you can only do so much in a lesson and it's, it's hard to take what you learn and incorporate that into your game right. if you don't spend some time practicing. Right? I mean, this is true of any sport. I mean, if you think about, you know, uh, taking a basketball, you know, lesson or something, if you were learning how to shoot, but you never went out and practiced shooting or soccer or any of these things. Um, so he said, you know, I couldn't do it anymore. I wanted, this is his quote, I wanted to blow my brains out because it was just repetitive. <laughs> So he said, now what I do is you take a lesson once a month, right? You go practice. You need to send me video of yourself practicing. If you don't send me videos, the next lesson is going to cost you an extra hundred dollars. Right? That's the deal. Wow. Okay. And if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> you know, it's been nice knowing you. I'll see you later. Right. But he said, this is how you're actually going to get better. And he you know, going through all these things and he's talking about how we want to work on one thing at a time, then we'll work on something else and so on. Right, he's a good, because he's basically, before someone starts, he's basically saying, if you don't, these lessons, no matter how much I try to teach you, no matter how much they're correct, right, are useless if you don't put in this part of effort. If you don't do yeah. this effort, <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway, so what's the point? Sure. And that's ultimatum kind of thing. So Makes this, sense. This was interesting to me, um, both from the perspective of learning the golf and and you know that aspect of it, but also from the the sales or presentation aspect of you know working with a client, getting them to buy into you know your method of doing things. And he's essentially saying, listen, this is what I know works. I've been doing this for 
he's been coaching for 19 years. He's he actually has coached a couple guys who are on tour on a Canadian tour and all this. This is what I know works. If you don't like it, then then don't work with me. And I was thinking about this in the context of our practice and the clients that we work with. And I don't think we're nearly as harsh as this guy, or, or as matter of fact, I should say. Maybe that's a better word. Um, but I was thinking that we've got sort of a similar approach, right? In the sense that, first of all, first and foremost, I don't spend, we don't spend a lot of time talking with people about, well, you really shouldn't carry credit card debt and you should really budget for things because if you can't afford it, you shouldn't buy it. I don't spend talking we don't, about that. We don't spend any time talking about that. We don't do any of the Dave Ramsey thing. No, because I assume that's a given, right? If you're struggling with that, we're probably not even going to be sitting down in the first place. Right? If you're if you're questioning, well, I don't know, I want to buy this on credit card debt, but I can't afford it. Yeah, it's probably we're not even going to get to the point of talking. Then when we get to that point, and I should say another almost given for most of our clients is that they should be saving regularly. And you know, I wrote down some notes here: saving as much as you can. Um, you know, that's sort of nebulous, but for most of our clients, they know. If I've got an employer-sponsored retirement plan, I should be saving into that retirement plan. Ideally, I should be maxing it out. At the very least, I should be getting my matching contributions, right? Should I be uh, contributing to IRAs or Roth IRAs or you know additional savings? As much as you can without you know, negatively impacting your life to a, a serious degree. Right. So, those things I almost assume are a given before we meet with people because frankly, if, if they don't care about those and have the same feelings, they're probably not going to sit down with us. Right. Well, because or, or we will look what far. we do at Capital Retirement Strategies. We're doing retirement strategies. Usually we meet people in their late 50s and early 60s is the average age when we meet people. We can't do a retirement strategy if you have no money. Yeah, the retirement strategy is you're not even you're going to have to continue to work at the job you're working at. Don't that we have nothing to offer you. There's nothing we can do with what's going on, and we're not. That's not our job is to tell you to save more at this stage of the game. Yeah, it's not our job to say. Hopefully, you get fortunate with some lottery balls. (laughs) I mean, we could say it, but it's not our job. Our job is to be able to take what you have and somehow make it last. 20 or 30 years yeah and you still being comfortable even if you're working at something that you just want to or not working at all yeah that's our job all right now here's transitioning from the people that we don't work with to the people that we actually do work with where if they're going to be a long-term lifelong client that there has to be a certain amount of you know sometimes we call it a meeting of the minds but you know in this context i'll call it a certain buy-in to the methodology that we believe in and that we use. And you know that kind of goes down the line of, first and foremost, we need to have that income that's coming in, regardless of the stock market, regardless of longevity. You know These are those pensions, annuities, social security, that guaranteed income that people have, right? That's gotta be the cornerstone or the building block of your retirement plan. And some people don't believe in that. They go, oh, no, 
you know, and I often quote this in the seminars that we do. I say, oh, no, my pharmacist told me that I can take, you know, whatever income off of my portfolio. It's you know, 8%, 10%. And I, I don't know your pharmacist. Maybe he's a brilliant financial guy. But I don't know if I'd be basing my entire retirement strategy just off a offhand comment that uh, forget a pharmacist, friend, whoever. Friend, made. pharmacist, dead, someone really smart. Yeah. It always it's the profession, which isn't ours, yeah. followed by they're really smart and they're so smart yes. that in their free time they're studying withdrawal strategies right. in retirement, <laughs> which is not a hobby for most people. The hobby for most people in finance is the other thing that we are just basically, if you do this, this is, and I could put this in three words. Yeah. We're not stockbrokers. Yeah. Well, you're getting to my next. Okay. Well, I'll just go into it then. And people, this is just intuitive of anybody who comes to a talk that we do or meets us or whatever. The first thing they do, I don't want a stockbroker. Mm -hmm. But I do want to say something. They always say, but. They say, okay, I don't want a stockbroker. Ugh. For some reason, that term is does not have a good connotation with people. I don't want a stockbroker. They start talking about, what are you guys doing about Apple? Are you in or out of Apple? Okay, I don't know if we should be working together. <laughs> are you in or out of Apple? Okay, goodbye. What? Was there a disconnect? Because <laughs> asking us if we're in or out of Apple right now is code word for me and Steve saying, I don't know if we're going to have a meeting of the minds. Yeah, and that, that was the next thing that I had written <laughs> down is that we believe in a broadly diversified portfolio not picking individual stocks. We use you know, ETFs, mutual funds, broadly diversified things. And we don't believe, you know, the way I put it is, I don't think I have any edge over buying a stock over anybody else, right? I don't have any more insight than the, the people at Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan or whoever who have supercomputers and teams of analysts. I don't think that Steve Kiliani and Dave Murray can do better than those guys. Right? right, So that's why we're going to use ETFs and institutional level mutual funds to, to have this broadly diversified portfolio. Right. And I would also say even the questions like that are along those lines lead to the notion of looking at the markets in a short-term basis and making decisions on that. Well, that kind of question, if you're in and out of Apple, that's question is leading okay. to that train of thought. So you're you're hitting on my next buy-in piece here. I mean, these aren't at least you and I are on the same page. Yeah. Apparently, these aren't rocket science, but you know you know where I was going is is timing the market. Um, and I mean, this one's a little bit harder for people because a lot of people, okay, I get it. We need to have this guaranteed income. We need to to have well diversified. We can't pick these individual stocks. But I don't know. The market's not looking so great right now. So let's just let's just get out right now, and then we'll wait to get back in. Or I don't know if the time is right to get in. It, you know, that's market timing, and we also don't believe in that. Um, what we believe in is setting up a plan so that if the market goes down tomorrow, the day after you put your plan in place, you're still okay because you can ride it out for three years, for five years, for seven years, and you'd still be okay. We don't believe in, yeah, I don't know if I put that money in right now. I'm just gonna wait a couple of weeks and see how things go. And, you know, we just don't think that's the, the right way to proceed. Yeah, and another thing is, for a longer term perspective of working with us, like your golf instructor, you have a meeting in the minds of the golf, you're trusting that golf instructor. You're gonna listen to that golf instructor's advice because yeah. he's helped you 
you know, get your game together. And when that golf instructor a couple of years from now says, here's what's going on, <laughs> just do this, don't freak out, you're right. just going to do it. And it's going to eventually, golf's like that, sometimes you get a fix, and the fix doesn't happen immediately, mm-hmm. it just settles in. Similar to us, when you're, the market's down, <laughs> and you have every right to be upset, and you're not working anymore, even on top of that, and you, your money's very important, get that, that's okay. But, you know, when you call us, we're going to give you an answer, and that answer you know, better be the right answer. The answer is going to be, here's what we've put together so you don't have to panic about the stock portion right. of your portfolio that's down right now. And that's, there's an ongoing work. If you have a good golf instructor, you're going to go back to that person and work with that person, hopefully forever. Yeah. And that's certainly our goal too, continuing the golf analogy. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll check back in with you again next month.